you have your Bibles today, turn to Matthew chapter 7. And I would like uh, to start the first message of this series. I believe this to be fitting to preach the next four weeks on what I'm getting ready to preach to, which is going to be the cornerstones of life. And uh, then we'll get to fragmented families and how to put them together. Now, I had batted back and forth about maybe doing this on a Wednesday night because that is our family night where the youth choir meets and we bring in the families in. But I do not believe I was going to wait until I'm done in Matthew. And I do not believe that I, we have the time uh, to wait till I'm done in Matthew on a Wednesday night to begin to preach and to teach uh, this series of messages. And I believe that God has led me to do them on Sunday morning. And so that's what we'll do until God changes my mind. Uh, now again, Todd wanted to preach another message out of Exodus 20 and get back over there. There's a message in the last verse of Exodus 20 about how God wants us to worship. And, uh, but God wants me here. The Holy Spirit wants me here, and so I must obey, and let's do it. Matthew chapter 7, this is the ending of the Sermon on the Mount, and Christ is giving some, uh, uh, some, some instruction here, and this is the passage here in chapter 7 where he said there in verse 13, he says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14, Because straight is the gate, and narrow, I, I, I want you to get that, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And then he gives you a warning about being aware of false prophets. And then he gives you a way to identify them. He says you'll identify the false preachers and false prophets by their fruit. He said their fruit's not going to bear witness. It will not remain. Then he gets into saying that to warn us that not everybody that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in to heaven. And he says, but he that doeth. And he begins to key on this word to do. The Bible is clear. He says, uh, uh, don't just be a hearer of the Word of God, but be a doer of the Word of God. And then we get down to where uh, I want to take my text. Now, we're going to have three texts, Lord willing, today. One text is going to be here in Matthew. The second text will be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We we'll probably need to read that uh, before we get uh, uh, too deep into the message. But right here, verse 24, because he's going to give an illustration about a person that not only is going to hear the words of God, uh, but he's then going to begin to do them, to practice them, to put them into action. And here's what he says the benefit is. He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them so hearing and doing then I will liken him unto a wise man now again this comes on as the conclusion to a wise man is the man that chooses the narrow way and the straight way versus the foolish man that that takes the broad way or the easy way and he says watch what he says and he says I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock and the rain descended. He didn't say if the rain descends. He says, and the rain descended. There's something you can bank on. Trouble is coming in life. 
And he says, And the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. He said, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. So there's a group of people that's going to hear it, but they're not going to do it. What happens to them when the rains and the floods and the winds come? He says, he's likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. That sand means it shifts. It's not settled. It's always changing. It's in a state of flux. Then he says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. So this is a person who does not make it in life. He loses everything. Everything is destroyed because of the rain, the trials of life. And a lot of us can deal with one trial at a time. But then he says the flood comes. That's when they come more at once. That's when, the, that's when the car breaks down, the water pipe busts, you get news that you got cancer, and it begins to overwhelm you, and you feel like you got more on you than you can bear, and then you lose a loved one. This is the storms and the trials of life, but then when that flood comes, they begin to flood in. They don't come one in a time, they just come in and they overwhelm you. If you've ever seen a flash flood... What a sight. And then he says, not only that, then the wind gets to blowing. That's that evil wind from the wilderness. It begins to blow, and its intent is to beat you into the ground, into a pulp, to move you. Now, the Lord says that the wise man is the one that chooses to build his house. Now, that house is you individually. But I'm going to use it as the family, the family structure, his house, his life upon the rock. Now take your Bible to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 10. We must read this to give us some context He says, now, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. So he's encouraging us to be wise master builders. Now, I preached out of this last year on pastors. Be careful who's building or working on your house. It's important what pastor you're sitting under. But now we're going to take application that every husband the man of the house should be a home builder a wise master builder now he's going to give you a clue here he says i have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon so its doctrinal application is to pastors and church but we can make an application because of the principle laid down to the home but let every man Take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's telling you what to start with in your life is Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible goes on 
just say at another place that Jesus is that chief corner stone. Now let us pray and then let's get into the sermon this morning. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you. Now, Lord, help us today. Help me, uh, this burden, uh, this message has been a burden on me. Uh, I want to uh, be able to properly articulate it. And Lord, to lay it out in such a way where it makes beautiful sense and it's in harmony with the Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit get in it, work it with it, and to help edify God's people. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. It's been said to succeed in life is not in the will to succeed. Everyone has a will to succeed. It's a quote. To succeed, you have to have the will to prepare to succeed. Now, that's important. I believe this was a quote. I didn't write the name down, but it was a famous football coach. They was asking him about winning. And he, he made this quote. It's been said, and that's why I put that in there. Uh, sometimes I'll do that if I don't know if the person is, is good or bad. You know, it's just, But the quote they say is pretty decent. To succeed in life is not in the will to succeed. Everyone has the will to succeed. That's correct. If you've ever raised kids, you will understand a little something about the human will. And he says, but to succeed... You have to have the will to prepare to succeed. Now here in Matthew, when we was over there, the Lord said, hear my word. But then he says, do my word. The rain, which is the trials of life, they're coming. The flood is coming. That's the trials that will come all at once to overwhelm you. Kind of like Job. Remember Job? Job got a lot of bad news all in one day. He lost his wealth. He lost his children. And then he lost his health all the same day. That's the flood that the Bible's referring to. And then the wind is going to blow. It's going to beat you into the ground. Think of it like a ship uh, being stuck on a rock and that wind begins to beat upon that, uh, onto that ship and then it, it rocks it around and it begins to smash it up against the rock. Uh, the Apostle Paul said the ship that they uh, were caught in at storm and he says it, that's how it got stuck where two seas met. And he says they got stuck on a reef and as that, the waves and the wind, they, they, brought, they come in, it just tore the ship. Asunder. That's what he's talking about, the power of wind. So if we're to prepare to succeed, which means to make it in life, we need to not only hear the word, but we must obey the word, and we must build our house, our life, upon the rock. Jesus said that, um, he is the rock. The Bible is clear about who the rock is. The rock is Christ. He told Peter that uh, he was going to build the church upon the rock. And then he says that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He wasn't talking about the gates of hell not prevailing against the church. He was saying that the gates of hell would not prevail against the rock, Christ. 
So if the church is setting on that foundation, our lives should be set on that foundation. The Bible has said that there's no other foundation that should be laid but the Lord Jesus Christ. He says He's the chief cornerstone. Which brings me to this, I begin to think about this, to survive in the wild. We all watch the shows Bear Grylls and all the guys, you know. We kind of like that, you know, watching those shows. They just drop somebody out in the middle of nowhere with, uh, with a, a knife, <laughs> shoestrings, a backpack, <laughs> and that's about it, you know. Uh, and, uh, but all living experts, <laughs> pun intended, Living experts, not the dead ones. All living experts will agree that there are four things that you need to survive in the wild. And I put them in the priority of importance. Number one, water. You need water. No matter where you're at, if you are in a plane wreck, in the middle of a jungle somewhere, the first thing, if you make it out of that, the first thing you got to look for and find and locate is water. You will not live without water. Second, shelter. You're going to need shelter. And why is you need protection from the elements. If you're in a, a climate that is cold, if you get wet, you'll get hyperthermia. You need shelter. Number two. You can only live 72 hours without water. So that's why it's the first priority. The number three thing that you're going to need is food. Now, it's third in the priority list because you can live, I don't recommend this, 30 days without food. I really don't believe that. <laughs> but <laughs> the living experts... <laughs> say that you will not experience your first true real hunger pain until the 30th day. All the hunger I didn't say you wouldn't have them. I just said all the hunger pains that you experience before the 30-day period, it's all up here in the mind. It's not real. It's fake. You say, really? And you know this? I know this. But I kid you not, between breakfast and lunch... I promise you, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> and if I only eat the last meal of the day at 2, by 8 o'clock, I've been 40 days without food. <laughs> Even though I know all that is fake, it's called the power of the mind. But food, you need food. And then the fourth thing that you need is going to be fire. Fire is going to provide heat. It's going to provide a way for you to cook your food. And it's going to provide light when you're in the darkness. It's been said that these are the four cornerstones of survival. If you've studied in life, Dave Ramsey has a program that he, he talks about. And he gives you the four things you need to live in society, which I got them written down here. It's going to be 
food, shelter. Now we're talking about living in society. Food, shelter. You're going to need clothing and you need transportation. He calls them the four walls of life. If you're overwhelmed, and sometimes people get overwhelmed financially. Now sometimes because of their own doing. Sometimes because their circumstances change. Okay? Sometimes because the trials of life overwhelmed them. They were going along. They had a good job. They were making ends meet. They were putting money away. And then all of a sudden the car blows up. The baby breaks an arm. And you get uh, the bad news that you're dealing with a deadly disease. And you lose your job. uh, Lose your insurance. You begin to get overwhelmed. And so to prioritize You'll need food, shelter, clothing, and transportation before anything else gets paid. Called the cornerstones of life. And by the way, I was thinking about this. These young, young ones, the teenagers, you know, you get about 17, 18, all of a sudden you fall in love. Uh, <laughs> and you get all dumb. Number one, you need four elements to make it in life. You're not always going to live in mommy and daddy's house. You need a way to be able to provide food, shelter for yourself, clothing for yourself, and transportation so you can drive yourself to work. If you don't have those four things, you're not ready to meet little Miss Thang. And ladies, little Miss Thangs, if he don't have those four fundamental principles in life, You don't even need to give him the time of day. Because life is about survival. And guess what? (laughs) You're getting ready to get yoked up with a fool. I'm giving you some words of wisdom. Now we're having a little fun, but that's words of wisdoms. Now, I'm calling these things cornerstones because that's my spin on it. And it's a biblical spin. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. A cornerstone is part of the foundation, building below the baseline. This is where it starts, which can be built on. It's not wise to build a house without a foundation. Amen. This is where the house gets its stability in the foundation. That's its standing. A cornerstone does two things. It geographically locates the house on the property. That's a standing. Number two, it directionally locates the house as to how it will sit on the property. Let me illustrate. If you live in a climate that heats more days than it cools. You say, what's that mean? That means you run the furnace more than you run the air conditioner. You want the house to be oriented in such a way that the roof captures the sunlight for most of the day because it'll cut down on your energy costs. So the longer that that roof is in the sunlight, east to west, it's going to save you an energy cost. It's important. And all of that is determined by how it's laid out. Now, hence, if you were living in a climate where you cool more than you 
heat, you would want it located to where that roof hits the least amount of sun as possible for the day. Is that making sense? About a cornerstone. I believe that there are four cornerstones to life that need to be taught to every person, especially children, that will prepare them for success in their Christian life. The Bible is clear to say in Proverbs to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I believe that there's too many children today that are not being prepared, one, for life, but number two, for the Christian life in society. They're being left to themselves with little to no training at all. You say, how do you know this? Because I ask. On top of that, not being trained, you as parents and grandparents need to understand that children, they want to be left to themselves. Say, so, oh no, my, my, no, 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 my child's social. I didn't say they weren't social. I said they don't want you to take them by the hand and to show them or to teach them how to clean their room, how to eat properly with a fork. They don't want to be uh, fooled with. They want to be left to themselves so they can discover that all on their own, which is not good. Children do not want to be taught. Remember, your children, I mean, both of my kids, when it comes time for them to eat in the high chair and to begin to feed themselves, you give them the spoon so they don't poke themselves with the fork, and you give them the spoon, and so they take the spoon, you're trying to teach them how to, they don't, they begin to fight you. Ah, no, 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 no. And what they want to do with the spoon is to take the food and throw it on the floor. Any of y'all's kids done that? Yeah. You say, why is that? Oh, they're just learning. It's so cute. Ain't that cute? It's, it's cute when they're 15 months. It's not cute when they're 18. And yes, they do do it at 18 when you tell them no. And they throw them a little fit because you've always allowed them to throw a little fit. I'm going somewhere with this. So children don't want to be taught. They want to be left to themselves to do their own little thing. Children do not want to be confronted on their wrong thinking. One, I think the, one of the most important things you can do as a parent, I get this from R.B. Owlett. R.B. Owlett is a pastor, pastor for about 50 years there in Michigan. He wrote a book, but I heard him speak this. And uh, he said when they were in the family room, they were watching TV, a TV show. If something happened to pop on the TV show that he knew was biblically inaccurate, he would... He said, they hated watching TV with me. He said, I'd stop it. And I would begin to quiz my children. What do you think about that? He said, I would immediately confront my children to ask them, what did they think about what they just saw? How they felt about it? Did they think it was right or wrong? And then I would tell them what the Bible said to correct it so that it was not left unsaid that what they were seeing on a television program that they thought was right. I mean, after all, one of the ways to indoctrinate people is to let them to see something that's not right, and then to laugh and make fun about it, and then they'll just grow up accepting it. Why do you think every TV show 
has the woke agenda involved in it today. Why is that a hot topic? Because they want your children to grow up thinking that all this nonsense, that two men can be a daddy and a mommy, and it's not right. And you need to be confronting your children and teaching them what is right and confronting wrong thinking, even when it originates out of them. Well, I don't like my dad. He, my dad did that. Yeah, your dad knew a little something. He was going to confront wrong thinking. The old timers had their act together on this. And then children, they naturally do not want their own foolishness pointed out. <laughs> Still remember my dad. <laughs> Pointing out the foolishness. Teenagers are full of foolishness. The Bible says they are. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. <laughs> you don't want to raise fools, do you? <laughs> God's got a remedy for that. Now, the Bible encourages us to build our house upon the rock, to be wise and to use... God's method is prescribed. He says it's the narrow way. It's the straight way. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. There's only one way to do this if you want to succeed and be able to weather the storms of life. And I believe that the most important stone or foundation or cornerstone, and I'm calling it a cornerstone, is the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says He's water, the water of life. In this life, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to make it without the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the chief cornerstone that must be laid in the lives of your children. And even in your life, if you're listening to me today, and I've tried to put this together in such a way, because I don't want you to look at your parents later on and say, wow, you've really, you really set me up good for life. This is not a message to be used as an excuse for you failing at life. This is a message because we all have different walks of life that today you can hear the truth of the gospel and say, I need that cornerstone in my life and begin to build your house on the rock. It's not a message to look at your parents and remember your parents and say, wow, my mom and dad didn't lay it out like that. They did the best they knew how to do, maybe. But God now, because you're free white and 21... <laughs> yeah, you want to wear the big boy pants. Now it's time for you to begin to build. And the most important thing to survive in this life is water, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He told the woman at the well, I am living water. Water. You cannot live without water. John 7, 38 says, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, why I'm using the cornerstone is because when Jesus Christ is that chief cornerstone, I told you that a cornerstone orients that house geographically on the property. That means it, it makes a physical presence. But then it sets the direction that it's going to sit on that property. That is likened to setting the child's standing in life. It's important in the day and age that we live 
that the child has a biblical worldview. I assure you, they're being bombarded with the devil's worldview, which is evolution. And if you won't take the time to confront it and to teach them that that's the wrong stone, they need the chief cornerstone, the biblical worldview. That orients them. The biblical worldview says that God created everything. It also says that you're not a mistake. God made you for a purpose in this life. That's called discovering your life destiny, your life mission. God's will for your life. That cannot happen unless the Lord Jesus Christ is your chief cornerstone. So their geographical standing in the world is a child of God. That's how they're going to identify. I mean, everybody wants to identify why is it not okay for Christians to identify themselves? Why is that? Why, I was thinking about this, Brother John, while he was teaching this morning. Everything's come out of the closet, but they're trying to put Christians in the closet. Yeah. When Jesus Christ, your chief cornerstone, that's your identity. God created everything. And that you are not here by an accident but as a mistake you're here and god has got something for you that he wants you to do in this life and it's your responsibility to find out what that is but you will never discover that unless jesus is your chief cornerstone you're going to have to have water no matter whatever happens in life you need water so this sets their doctrinal standing in life. Christian. I don't mean Christian as the way the world uses. I mean Christ-like. Which sets their moral code for life. Teaches them right and wrong. God has a rule book to live by. He's called the blueprint. This is the blueprint. It should be established in the life of a child. This is the most important cornerstone of the four. And it is the duty of the parents to make sure that this stone is laid as a cornerstone in the life of the child. Take your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. It begins to tell the fathers about his commandments and what he has passed down, God's blueprint on how to live. And then he tells them in verse 3 to observe and do it. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God. There's your chief cornerstone. With all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I have commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. That means he wants you to do them. Then he says, and thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. And then you're going to talk about them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down, when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. You say, oh, that's just Old Testament. That's, that's for the Jews. No, that, that'll apply 
to us. We as parents and grandparents have a duty to make sure that the chief cornerstone is set in the lives of our children because without the water of life, they will not make it through the trials and the tribulations and what is to come. It's not if it'll come, it's when it comes. And without Jesus in their life, they won't make it. You need water. This is the straight way. This is the narrow way. This is the world that this is the way that the world hates. The world is trying to do away with the chief cornerstone. They want to take the Ten Commandments out. They have done it. They don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus. You can pray in the name of the devil uh, in, in some of these community centers. I was watching some videos on that in Florida. They had people praying in the name of Satan. But don't you dare get up and pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This stuff is going on in our world right now today. And your children are being bombarded with it. And they need... A foundation they need to be geographically located on the rock which is the Lord Jesus Christ it needs to be the first stone you lay I was reminiscing about childhood days one of the first things that we taught our kids which was the first thing my mom and dad taught us is where's Jesus where's the devil And that the Bible is the final authority. And so Nathan, the kids put this stuff together. Mom would try to tell him what to do. And he'd look at her. And she said, don't you point your finger at me. And he'd curl that little finger up and he'd say, Daddy's the Bible. That means and what he was saying was that Dad's the final authority in the home. Dad is likened to the Bible. <laughs> Of course, Jen and I play Uno for that now. <laughs> Who's going to be the boss for the day? I lost this morning. I told her, that's not good. You know i got to be king for the day. <laughs> i got to preach. <laughs> we have fun. I'm telling you, Jen and I have fun. We love it. And I, I hope that you have that kind of a relationship with your spouse. That you can have fun and enjoy life. I couldn't imagine life without Jenny. Couldn't imagine it. I couldn't do it. We both got the same foundation, though. Our chief cornerstone is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's our water. You know, if there's any other foundational stone, if it's used, the child is doomed to fail in life. And the child will not have been prepared to succeed. Let me throw this in. It's not in the notes. The Holy Spirit's brought it to my attention multiple times now. Your children need to watch you. You need to be modeling the Christian life in front of them. That means they need to see you read the Bible. They need to see you pray. They need to see who do you run to when you don't have the answers that you need for the trials you're dealing with. Do you run to mommy, daddy, grandpa, or to the Lord? I would hope that my children could testify honestly and say, we watched our dad read the Bible, and I know they were there when there were needs. We didn't know what to do, but I trusted the Lord, and I went to the Lord about it. 
And they watched the Lord come through. They watched that water that God would give us was able to sustain our life. It's important. I believe that it's so important that the Bible says, if any provide not for his own, and especially for the own of his own house, he hath denied the faith. What about claiming to be Christian, but you don't care whether your children know Jesus or not? That's pretty sad. And you're setting your children up for failure. And I believe we got a lot of kids and young people running around this land today that do not have any foundation. They're trans. And I'm not poking, not trans. I mean, they're trans. They're always in a state of change. They're like a transmission. That's shifting sand. However they feel in the moment is what they're going to be. You know where they got that? They got that from you. The parents. Because you weren't geographically located on the rock. And that rock is Christ. You did not receive your water. You had a different foundation. You've set your life up differently. And I'm going to get into it. To the four stones of life. If you don't have them, your life will be a mess. Today's first stone is the chief cornerstone. The second stone, and we'll talk about this next week, will be family. Oh yeah, family. What God defines as family. And what cornerstone are you laying in your children's life? What are you providing for them as they watch? And if it's not right, they'll fail. But after that, we're going to get into the cornerstone of church. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a cornerstone. And then, the last one, and I'm excited about this one, will be the fire. Say, so which one's that? It'll be teaching children on how to make right decisions. You want your children to make decisions based off of principle, not emotion. Based off of right and wrong, not how they feel about it. And the Bible has a method for doing that. And it's important. And it's the fourth cornerstone. And without these stones working together, you're setting yourself up and your family up for failure. I believe that there's a need on this type of preaching. Now, this ain't sensational preaching. I didn't bring you in here. Now, I'm not trying to be mean to you. But I'm, 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 I'm trying to help you to make sure that your foundation is steadfast and sure. And there is nothing that can be done for you as far as spiritually until it is rested on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to have water.
I don't care where you're at. You need water. And Jesus says, I'm the living water. You cannot live without water. It's the number one priority. Jesus is the living water. He must be first in your life. Hence, that's why we're here in the house of God. This is the first Sunday of the new year. The first day of the year. Should we not be here on the Lord's day? The cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, teaching our children that this stone is important. Without Jesus, you're not going to make it. Nothing else matters. Nothing else is going to work if you don't have water. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. So I ask you this morning, do you have this cornerstone in your life? Do you know the Lord? It's important that our children know God. It's important that when you're in the house that you begin to teach them, just as the Bible says, you need to teach your children by talking to them about this cornerstone. It doctrinally orients them. It gives them direction in life and sets their moral code in life. It gives them standing and balance which cannot soon be shaken. Jesus. I believe it to have been fitting because last week we preached on who is Jesus. And now this week, He's the chief cornerstone. He's the water of life. You will not make it in this life without water. And I'm speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's one of his names, water, the water of life. Do you have that water today? Let's all stand, please.